0: that's nice
1: <coughs> yeah well while
2: well, we're doing pasta that's
1: a nice, oh, that's, that's, a a nice. that's a nice, <laughs> a nice uh, I, I'm always out of it so <laughs>
3: cool. okay we're almost ready to count it
0: down and hold on hold on hold on I gotta get my water going in case I get it uh,
1: yeah probably do need a level check Hmm.
2: Yeah, he's tall. You need to raise that mic up for him.
0: <laughs> Was that you, Cash? Your phones? That wasn't me. Okay, well, I'm just saying, mute them. Mine, mine is uh, crickets. Well, I or know it frogs. is. Well, I know, but I'm just, I'm saying before we get in there because your phone, that your phone went off
1: twice. Have frogs. I'm not muting mine because mine
3: never goes off. I'm nobody going, calls me. <laughs> I'm going to airplane mode as soon
0: as. Okay, I... Okay, go into airplane
3: mode.
2: Airplane mode doesn't make your phone silent. It just turns off your internet.
3: Oh really? Yeah, just turn the volume, volume. Yeah, oh, really. phone and internet. That works. That works then. Okey doke. I'm I'm ready for anything. Anything.
2: And everything. As, as long as it Supposedly. doesn't involve
3: being on an airplane.
1: I think that's about all you get.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Counter <laughs> down. You. Yes, sir. Five, four, three, two, one.
4: I'm John Hochner.
2: Uh, expert in air-freak and oddity material and U.S. postal counterfeits, and you're listening to Stamp Show here today.
0: Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I
1: don't know anything about stamps.
2: This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales.
0: What are
1: you thinking,
2: of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yeah, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely.
1: All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining.
5: Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of
3: weekend philatelists. You
2: know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because
3: I'm tired of dumbing myself
2: down for you. I I mean, I have to say, when I I heard that, like, people actually watch this show, I I was actually pretty surprised.
5: number 49 I collect stamps
1: from Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan or from Fiji or Uzbekistan
3: Stamp collecting happens when we dream together
0: Welcome to Stamp Show here today episode number 96 I'm Cash
2: I'm Scott I'm Sick
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, Don. And, and today we have a guest. We have guest expert Gary Greenberg joining us again. Hi, Gary. Hey, Hi, Gary. Gary. Hey. This week we'll be discussing the cutthroat comp. I've already screwed up already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> This week, we will be discussing the cutthroat, competitive, high-stakes world of duck stamps. We will also have casual Corrections and last bit of stuff from Sescal. Also, yesterday, I was at my second stamp auction ever.
3: How did you, you like it?
1: Did you
0: buy anything? No, I but I watched him buy stuff.
2: That means you've been at two more than me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you've never been to a stamp auction? Nope. Oh, well...
1: Mm.
2: I'd have to have money to spend
0: Yeah
1: mm. Gary's a veteran of the stamp auctions
3: mm-hmm. well, He's a literally World famous Stamp auctioneer
5: Well I, I wouldn't say I'm an auctioneer I don't auction the stamps I'm just a participant
3: You're a world famous auction participant There you go <laughs> that, that would be more accurate Yes.
1: Well do eBay auctions count?
5: Uh, Yeah. Well, they would, except that I don't auction on my eBay site. I offer people a a buy it now, make an offer option on eBay. So you're a
3: world famous buy it now auctioneer, buy it now ear. I I am
5: not sure they're actually <laughs> measuring the fame of uh, that uh, feature or that uh, quality uh, anywhere else but here. <laughs> um, but H- and, uh, o-
2: and only in one chair, <laughs> <laughs>
5: right? We <But laughs> haven't found second place yet. No, nope. yeah. but I will say that uh, you know the auction that uh, we were attending um, uh, had a nice variety of material and that uh, prices were generally strong for. Uh, uh, and participation was good, so I was overall pleased by uh, its reflection on the market and uh, also by the opportunities it presented me to acquire some material to offer to my customers.
3: Yeah, you realist. <laughs> yep. Realistically, <laughs> anybody who's saying that the stamp market is dropping or drying up or anything, they're just I don't know. I, I, Sour, wherever Sourpuss. Yeah, wherever mm-hmm. they're sitting, it's not in reality.
5: Well, yeah, I'd like to know where I can buy all of these stamps that I'm selling at the cut market rate, people. Uh, <sighs> seems to suggest that I can go out there and acquire, <laughs> you know, $5 Colombians for a dollar. I'm, I'm, I'm a buyer anytime uh, yeah. somebody will let me know.
0: On this day in history, 6,200 years ago, Pharaoh Pumpkin Hotep II created the first pumpkin latte. When his grave was looted in 1929, his mummy cursed all the population with pumpkin flavoring. This curse continues to this day. And gets
3: worse every year. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We were at a soup plantation and they had pumpkin ice cream.
0: And pumpkin latte. It wasn't just pumpkin latte.
3: Pumpkin Pumpkin, uh, uh, bisque. Yeah, pumpkin bisque. It
1: wasn't just pumpkin ice cream. It was pumpkin soft serve ice cream. Uh Uh,
3: Uh-huh.
0: And the pumpkin vanilla swirl. (laughs) On a more serious note to the sports enthusiasts listening, in 1908, 108 years ago today, the Chicago Cubs defeated the Detroit Tigers 2-0, clinching the World Series. It would be their last one to date and gave rise to the curse of the Billy Goat. In related news, a curse was placed on the Chicago Cubs in 1945 when Billy Goat Tavern owner Billy Cianis was asked to leave a World Series game against the Detroit Tigers at the Cubs home ballpark of Wrigley Field because the odor of his pet goat named Murphy was bothering other fans. It wasn't me. <laughs> 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 oh, lots of curses today. Pumpkin flavoring and smelly goats. Yep. Ew. Mm.
1: <laughs> My goat is not smelly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Sorry. Time for listener emails. We get emails at Stamp Show here today, so summon the answer squad. So, our email. Hi, what do you think of the services like Zazzle.com? Do you think these customized postage stamps will ever have value from Maxim?
1: Well, first of all, they'd have postage value, but mm-hmm. I don't like them. They're all unique, basically. Or nearly so, because it is whatever you print. And if you print one sheet, then that's all there are. And there's no way for there to ever be created a catalog of what's out there.
3: Oh, yeah, that's impossible. I mean, well, it's not impossible, but it's highly unlikely that anybody would ever work on it.
5: Oh, can I offer an opinion? Please. Of course. So suppose Picasso decides... He's going to get involved with Zazzle and he's going to issue a sheet of stamps of his own design and artwork that's only going to appear on these 50 stamps. And he makes another one a year later, 10 years later, and we could argue that there's a catalog of these magnificent images from Picasso that exist only in these 50 small postage stamps that have been put together. One could if one wanted to, create a catalog around the artwork or the issues of a particular um, creator of these stamps. Well, a catalog implies
1: completeness. And unless your catalog is only of the stamps that Picasso did, yeah. then your, sta- your catalog y- yes, would not but, be
5: complete. But I would argue that the stamps of the United States are a catalog, and the stamps or the artwork of Picasso is a catalog, and... While we don't have catalogs of every artist that was ever created, we do have certain catalogs for certain artists. And it is possible that somebody could create an animated character that appeared in various um, stamp issues over and over again that were appealing to collectors. Actually, I could see that happening
3: very
1: easily. I am not saying that they would never be worth anything.
5: But No, I was I think just trying to the, expand on your their worth well, postage yeah. value concept. They yeah. may eventually have a resale value if they become a collectible due to the characterizations that are in my created. view,
1: and this is my personal view, I view them kinda as you would Cinderella's. Some are going to have value, some are not, and it's going to be based on their
5: topic or who did them. Absolutely.
1: And it's not really going to be based on the fact that they were valid for postage in the United States.
5: Absolutely. All I'm doing is I'm conjecturing that something could be, uh, could happen in such a way that if, if the Simpsons' first illustration were to have appeared on one of these 50 stamps that this person put together... All right. Let's say Seth MacFarlane yeah. drew something of Stewie. All right, and this was the first appearance of Stewie ever. Well, those fifty stamps now would become very collectible to somebody who was putting together a collection of Family Guy uh, yes. merchandise. Mm-hmm. But That's I could true.
3: see, I could see, like, well, Salvador Dali, if he was alive today, or somebody like that, actually going out and making Zazzle stamps in order to market and Mm -hmm. selling them that way i think that uh there would be a well first of all there would obviously be a market for it and it would be a way of marketing your own original artwork well so then i would argue but you'd have to be picasso level or dolly no
5: you wouldn't you just have to be in competition with the united states government and the stamp designs they come out with Which won't be hard. I was just
2: just thinking, we had a brainstorm. That's our million dollar idea. There it
5: is. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm suggesting that there might be somebody out there, somebody out there with the sufficient talent to put out issues that are more interesting to people to use on a routine basis than the issues that are currently coming from the post office.
3: Yeah, so any famous artists out there, I have Zazzle's... uh, Website address. It's the com. Yeah, just... Yeah. Funny, don't, funny that. <laughs> don't tell people that. Why? You send, want to
0: put out some pumpkin goat stamps? Yeah. <laughs> send, send me your
3: stuff and we'll uh, split the uh, profits 50-50.
5: Well, so the, the idea <laughs> How is... How entrepreneurial. Offered, I, you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that was... Maxim's question was kind of interesting, but... Purely for, you know, as a hypothetical exercise here. Um, Other than that, I think, Scott, you're right on the head. 99.999% of them (laughs) are going to be postage, and the used ones are going to be curiosities. Right. Every wedding invitation that you get comes with some sort of personalized stamp put on it now because, you know, the bride and groom want to let you know. Right. That's what they look like. Here's our engagement picture and so forth. Uh, And I think they would be impossible to collect in mass.
3: When I, right. uh, when I had my two kids Both my kids have uh, stamps And they have first day of issue cancels On their birthdays this is, Yep, mm-hmm. this is my
2: collection of used stamps Of all the people that I know who've gotten divorced <laughs> <laughs> Came off their wedding envelopes right? <laughs> right So does
1: that mean you cut the stamps in half To show that they're Aww. divorced
0: With a little jagged line too
2: <laughs> Well it'd be a creative cancel
1: Ah Ooh. But it'd be a cut cancel
2: You could call it that, too. (laughs) Depends on how creative you want to get.
0: Now it's time for the Stamp Show here today, Museum Contribution. We are redoing hashtag stamp stories. From now on, we are building a museum of the stamps we discuss. If you have a stamp and a story to contribute, email us, and you can tell your story on the podcast. Our museum contribution is an RW1, the first duck stamp. This stamp ties in our topic, the Million Dollar Duck.
3: I remember seeing this as a kid. It was a Disney movie. And for those people who uh, forgot, it's uh, Dean Jones is broke and his wife, Sandy Duncan, make applesauce. And a duck steals the applesauce, gets irradiated, and then starts laying golden eggs, just like Spider-Man. Spider-Man lays golden eggs? Uh, well, that was he, my question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he got irradiated and, well, he shoots web out of his Oh, okay.
5: So that's what you mean. Yes.
1: Not exactly
0: a golden egg. <laughs> you were scaring me around this shooting. What out of what part? <laughs> Spider-Man,
5: Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches just like flies. Look out! Here comes. A I don't Spider-Man. think
2: there's any ducks, duck stamps in that movie, though. Duck. No. Yeah, not feeling well. My excuse.
0: Okay, so, not not that movie. Uh, the million dollar duck and those listening in the Google world it is The Million Dollar Duck 2016 but 2016 otherwise you'll get the Disney movie it was just on Animal Planet check your local listings and contact your local cable company if you don't get Animal Planet
3: yeah we need to get some money from them on this well yeah yeah
1: we're promoting their movie
3: yes we're promoting their channel hey uh, go to your local cable company actually what? yeah it maybe wasn't, it wasn't their get, like, movie yeah we can get the whole oh wasn't
2: no oh. it was a documentary it actually won several awards for best documentary at film festivals oh but it they was just, they just put it on the animal planet because it's got ducks on it which is the first thing that animal planet i think's had that's actually got animals on it in a while <laughs> <laughs> my like wife the history complains channel having that. history well my wife complains about all that all the time you get stuff like the treehouse builders and the tiny house things and they're all showing up on animal planet it's like what's well, the connection
3: Well, Mm -hmm. that's like MTV doesn't show videos anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, MTV, there's no music there. Then it should be on Nat Geo.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Right? If you don't get Nat Geo, call your cable company. And cable companies, uh, send us a nickel for everyone who does.
2: Yeah, and give them more money. Because they'll give you the channel if you pay them more.
3: Yeah.
0: Also, go to Stamp Show here today on Facebook to see the stamps we will be discussing today. In the future, we will be showing all the stamps here on our Facebook page.
3: Yeah, we've had problems in the past of holding things up to the microphone. (laughs) So when we're talking about stuff now, and we always joke about holding it up to the microphone, now we're just going to post it on Facebook. So go to uh, Stamp Show here today on Facebook, and you'll be able to see, see all the stamps that we are discussing.
0: Anyway... The Million Dollar Duck is a documentary that focuses on the strange and wonderful world of the Federal Duck Stamp Contest, the only juried art competition run by the U.S. government. This film explores the eccentric nature of the contestants who enter each year for a chance at wildlife art stardom. In music, you have the Grammys. If you're an actor, it's the Oscars. If you're a wildlife otter... A, a wild what? Li- a wildlife otter. <laughs> what? An otter. That's an <laughs> it's otter. an otter. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That, that, that was like uh, the assassination by Buffalo a couple episodes ago. <laughs> in music, you have the Grammys. If you're an actor, it's the Oscars. If you're a wildlife artist, it's winning the Federal Duck Stamp Contest. The first Federal Duck Stamp was designed by J. Ding Darling in 1934. Who also, just by
3: coincidence, was the co-inventor of the tube sock.
0: The yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah He did it at President Franklin D. Roosevelt's request It depicts two mallards about to crash into a march 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 Take three Take three Uh, Yeah, he did it at President Franklin D. Roosevelt's request It depicts two mallards about to crash into a marsh I think
2: that would be land, not crash Yeah, I know unless they unless I've, I've seen the stamp and it doesn't look like they've already been shot
5: <laughs> and they're falling and
2: crashing and i think they're actually landing oh,
0: yeah. it's controlled crash <laughs> well, that's more like an albatross i've seen them land oh i love that that's fun to watch in subsequent years other noted wildlife artists were asked to submit designs the first contest in 1949 was open to any u.s artist who wished to enter 65 artists submitted 88 design entries that first year the number of entries rose to 2099 in 1981. fun fact artist maynard reese from arnold's park iowa has won the competition a record five times as of 2001.
2: 2011. hmm the
3: space odyssey Yeah, you probably cut him out of a win or two there. Uh
0: huh. Okay, I'll read that. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, you can read that again. I've been corrected. Let's make that 2011. A panel of noted art, waterfowl, and philatelic authorities is appointed by the Secretary of the Interior to judge each competition. Last night, I noticed that good friend of the show, Chad Snee, was a judge. Winners receive no compensation for their work other than a pane of stamps carrying their design, which has a face value of $1,250. So there's that. Winning artists may sell prints of their designs.
1: That's a big moneymaker.
0: Yeah. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service mails contest regulations to interested artists each spring. Artists may choose their own medium and designs may be in black and white or full color and must measure 10 inches wide by 7 inches high.
3: Did anybody ever hear any of the update on whether they have to have two birds on the stamp now? Did that ever go through?
2: Um, It was supposed to be an option for this year with further discussion as to whether they were going to make it a mandatory thing because of the up, uproar they had over it.
5: Was, was the question, uh, I mean, I've been out of the loop on this uh, one. Uh, well, norm- did we need two birds because we needed a male and female of each species? No, no nor- or? it was two different
1: species. Normally what they do is they give you a choice of two or three species to submit for your designs for the, for the next year. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to make, the artist not paint just one species on their submission they wanted two species two different species on the same stamp they they
2: wanted wanted, they wanted to go for um all all the duck stamps are waterfowl that are legal to hunt because it's technically it's the federal duck hunting stamp as well what they wanted to do to try and get bird watchers to try and buy the stamp is to put a migratory or non-migratory, I forget what it was, but a non-hunted species.
5: In addition Mm -hmm. to what? In addition
2: to. So you'd have two Mm -hmm. separate species. You'd have the main, what they always do, and then, you know, some like a gnat catcher
5: or something.
3: So you could have like a mallard and an ostrich and a penguin on one stamp.
5: Because they migrate together.
3: Yes. Mm -hmm. Often. Yes.
2: And they they thought that would be a way to increase sales because so their sales are down because not as many people are hunting. Right. So they were trying well, to set it out to bird watchers as well. to take
1: away your guns. Oh, oh no. Really, we needed to go there? That's I'm not saying who it is. <laughs> I'm just saying certain people in mm-hmm. certain states.
5: Well, yep. I I find that interesting, and, and you're, you're saying that the service actually specifies the species that they want a, an image. No, of? you can no, no, do no,
2: no. you can do anything that you want. Most most of the artists, from what I what I recall and what I've seen, is they go out during the beginning of the year, and they they're photographers and they're t- shooting pictures, and then what they do is they transfer those to um, the actual paintings right. that they make for the artwork.
3: And so I could very easily see, you know, ducks flying across and then some other birds in the background. But we have fun, obviously, with, you know, a duck floating in the water and all of a sudden a penguin coming up behind it or something. I think that would be cool. No. It would never win, but I think it would be cool.
5: No other thoughts about other wetland creatures like the crocodile eating the duck, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as as part of the.
2: No, just another another bird species. Well,
3: actually, in the in the uh, video, the million dollar duck, they talk about. There is no salamander stamp. There is no frog stamp. There's a duck stamp, and that duck stamp generates money, which saves the wetlands, which saves the salamanders and the frogs. So the salamanders and the frogs benefit from the ducks.
5: Oh, I agree. If you'd argue the Everglades being a sanctuary for alligators and snakes and anything else that's out there, I'm sure those funds go to uh, the wildlife uh, yep. uh, of those larger parks as well. Yep. But the, the funds from
1: the, wild, from the duck hunting stamp were specifically designated to purchase wetlands. Yes. Mm-hmm. For the con- to preserve to for, preserve for conservation, more. yes, that was the whole purpose behind it.
2: We had the we did the thing on the podcast we were talking about. There was one park that was paid for, I think, with like ninety something percent funds from the duck stamp revenue.
3: Sandy Hook mm-hmm. was it or no 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 no
2: that's not no Jersey? no that was completely different.
3: Sandy something.
2: I'd have to look it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we could go back and find the pod, po- find the episode it was on. I know we mentioned it. Or
3: we could tell all the listeners to just listen to all the old podcasts.
2: Listen to the back episodes. You'll find <laughs> it. <laughs> so
3: when was you the, can see we've done our research today. <laughs> when was
5: the last purchase of a block of wetlands? Uh, oh, like,
3: every year they talk about every single year they get about twenty-five million dollars from the sale of duck stamps, and they just go out and buy or lease wetlands or maintain them or something like that. So if duck stamps go on long enough, they will eventually own the entire United States.
1: Not if they're leasing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the seedy side of the duck stamps, the canvasback duck painted by Madison Grimm, who's six years old and was accused of fakery, was reinstated as the winning entry in the 2013 junior duck stamp contest. The six-year-old girl was accused of using an illegal transferring technique. Some people complained, how could a girl who's only six have done this?
3: Yeah, because the picture is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic picture. And you sit there and go, yeah, a six-year-old did that. You go, no, not not a chance. At least not my six-year-old. Yeah, well, votes or are... Or any six-year-old just, yeah, I know. My six-year-old, you know, finger paints. <laughs>
0: Mozart was composing at what, that age, right?
3: Yeah, but you, you l- listen to Mozart, and uh, when he was six-year-old composing, his stuff sucked. <laughs> it was Mozart, but it wasn't any good.
0: Well, it can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there was a Picasso-style picture of Mallard ducks having sex.
3: Was this done by
2: the CFO? No. All right. <laughs> Cash was actually a lot closer than I thought. It's Bombay Hook National Wildlife Refuge in Delaware. Ah,
0: mm. okay. No, so our, our Picasso Mallard Ducks, that was by Rob McBroom. Mm. McBroom's an abstract glitter artist who participates in the Very stiff, Straight Lace Federal Duck Stand Contest, which annually determines the artwork that appears on the conservation revenue stamps that help fund wildlife protection, some might and do say he ruins it. Actually,
3: yeah, he um, he is addressed. He's the humorous part of the million-dollar duck show, and uh, this guy does do abstract art, and he submits it, and it looks it's just abstract stuff. And they talk about you know people laugh at it and stuff like that, and that he's never going to win, but. Realistically, if 2,100 entries get put in and only one of them is accepted, you know, there's a 2,100 and, what, 89 people who don't get nothing. So he's just one of those.
5: Yeah, we'll work on that math later.
3: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a, f- a few
1: things that, that we didn't talk about about the stamps themselves. When the stamps came out in 1934... They really didn't have any idea of how, when the users had and the postmasters had no idea how these stamps were supposed to indicate usage, other than that was specified that they had to be affixed to the license. Well, once you affix it to the license, then what? And you soak it off the license, and now you have an, you can what? Stick it on another license and make it valid for the next guy. So they had to have some way to cancel it. Some postmasters canceled it with their postal canceling device which was not authorized the the prescribed way to cancel these stamps is the hunter has to sign the face of the stamp when they affix it to their license and as I said most postmasters didn't know that that was in the regulation so they canceled them with a a postmarking device or they just didn't cancel them at all Mm -hmm. and the hunters didn't know so they didn't even sign them so a lot of the first year's stamps uh aren't necessary. we're not necessarily
3: canceled. Yeah. So if you find one mint no gum realistically it is probably
1: been used, but yeah. it's still I mean it's still traded in the market as mint no gum. Yep.
5: And, and I've seen them actually uh, on on, license on licenses without the cancellation of any kind. Right.
1: Guide. Right. Um but that's the standard way. Um I do know some hunters have and this is illegal, but they carry the stamp with their license, and if they don't get stopped, then they don't bother to affix the stamp and mm-hmm. to sign it. And then at the end of the hunting season, they have a stamp that they can then sell or keep or collect or whatever that hasn't been signed.
3: And sometimes you'll see them, and they'll sign it like in micro letters and then not glue it on so it has full no. Well,
1: but a lot of times... They'll carry the carry yeah. them in the wallet, and so it gets creased and yeah. bent and folded and squished and all that. Mm. And it's real obvious that it was carried <sighs> in a hunter's wallet. yeah, and it's just not a mint never hinged example yeah. anymore. yeah
3: I, li- I still like the Disney movie better. It has applesauce. Ha. I would liken it to like winning American Idol being center stage on a national
2: level. This is like the Super Bowl or the World Cup of wildlife art.
0: It's a duck stamp shirt. This is the duck stamp contest.
1: The Huffman brothers, all three of them, are tremendous artists. If there's more than one in the contest, it's a scary year.
0: I thought I had a pretty good year last year, but my blind dog sold more art than I did. I'm going to have to win the contest to get my name back.
1: My artwork has a lot of glitter and rhinestones. He breaks every rule of the contest. Oh. (laughs) I wonder if the guy's ever actually seen a duck. Everybody's a critic. The Duck Stamp program is one of the best ideas the government has ever really had.
0: It's the migratory bird hunting and conservation stamp, but it's commonly known as the Duck Stamp. The program generates $25 million a year.
2: Hunters are slowly declining, and generally that's the people that buy the stamp. If we somehow lost
5: the revenue associated with the duck
2: stamp,
1: five million acres of habitat would disappear. (laughs) A lot of people really liked my entry last year. Um, Not the judges.
4: (laughs) I'm starting to get a little bit nervous.
0: Is awesome. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's nerve
3: wracking no matter how you cut it.
0: Sometimes I think, how do you put yourself through this?
3: We'll begin the judging now with entry number one.
1: You just never know with the contest how things are going to go. You're just kind of sitting there holding your breath the whole time.
0: If I win the contest, it'll change my entire career. Please vote.
2: It's an American tradition.
0: Next week, we'll be talking about Halloween. And now for Cash's Corrections.
3: Well, first of all, as a reminder, Chicago PEX is coming up November 18th through 20th. Me and Scott will both be on the floor. So uh, look for us, ask somebody around. Almost everybody knows what we look like and they'll point point us out and uh, come on over and shake our hands and say uh, you enjoy or don't enjoy the podcast. We'd like to hear from you. Uh, Second, I'm going to go back through all the old podcasts and I'm going to put the museum together from episode one so we'll be able to uh, show the stamps actually to the people. If you walk up and shake our hand, we'll say, here's the book. And you can go through and you can see all the stamps that we've discussed third thing is last week um, this is an anti-correction I didn't say that Chester Arthur was elected president he he was elected he became president because Garfield was shot he actually was put on the balance or put on the ballot to balance out the ticket sort of balance out the corruption but he wasn't elected for his first term. He got it by Garfield dying. And uh, so polar bears are not white. And I found a really great podcast, since you guys are listening to this podcast, called Stuff You Should Know. Uh, go over there and check them out. It's really a, a neat site. I want to give them a shout out because they have uh, we've stolen some of their ideas. They do a good job. And that's it.
0: Lastly, we have a bit of conversation from Sescal with good friend of the show, Bill Langs. Uh, oh, my God.
3: Well, you're one of profound. the largest sellers a... on eBay sitting here. You may as well... <laughs> don't tell everybody my secrets. <laughs> and hi, Roger. Uh, how, are how are you doing today? Good? How are you? Doing excellent. Uh, he, he got to... Uh, he got like a couple... of podcasts
4: like a podcast with That's exactly
3: yeah. what it is. Why don't you introduce yourself to the world? Let me do it now while
5: I'm doing... They're in the middle of a negotiation. Can I get oh, a Okay. Minute?
3: Can we watch the negotiation happen? Um, Maybe it wouldn't be. as...
5: want. I, I want. I, I want to see. Always, not always a good idea.
4: Uh, oh, Okay, we're we'll, we're we'll going, going to we're no going to pause yet. it for There's a blood, second
3: right. and come back. Well, hang on. Okay, so I see you got the sheet there, so you must have done a successful negotiation. Relatively successful. Yep. Anyway, this is Bill Langs. Anybody who's been on eBay has seen his stamps, and if you haven't, you just haven't uh, been looking. So why don't you introduce yourself to everybody?
4: Uh, Bill Langs, been in business since 1980, officially. Uh, Have an eBay store, Bill's Bargain Stamps. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on.
3: Officially? defined, officially.
4: Oh, I started as a kid when I was 12, 13 years old, in 1973.
3: Cool. Were you making money when you were 13? Uh, a little
4: bit here and there. I was spinning my wheels, trying to learn.
3: Oh, what were you doing? Mostly
4: low-end U.S. plate blocks and
3: sheets. But where were you selling? them? I mean, at show, local shows. You were doing shows at the age of 13? Yeah, local shows on Long Island. Wow, I'm impressed. That's cool. Anyway, tell yeah, me. Yeah,
4: my dad used to drop me off on Saturdays or Sunday mornings and go on rounds. He's my doctor, and pick me up at the end of the day. And I, that's where I got my seasoning and started learning about how to attend trade shows.
3: Wow, this is interesting, I didn't know this. When did you consider yourself then, when you said officially, is that when you considered yourself an actual stamp dealer? Full-time,
4: right after college, 1980. I graduated in in, uh, fall, excuse me, the spring of 1980, and officially went into business in the summer.
3: Wow, that's interesting. Anyway, tell people about your your biz.
4: I have a full range of U.S. products, uh, over 75,000 items on eBay. very big, more like a department store, has most everything covers, stamps, errors, proofs, and essays in all mm-hmm. different pricing and in uh, condition. 70, how many? Uh, 76? About 76,000 plus items.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Yep. Good. A lot of hard work. Yep. So, how'd you do today at the show?
4: So far, so good. Um, just set a little error sheet. I finished viewing over at the Skylar Rumsey auction.
3: Oh, how was the auction?
4: It uh, seemed like it was pretty well covered and uh, lots of viewing, so I had, yeah. to, I had to wait to see some more lots today because some of the lots I was looking to see yesterday weren't available, and so I went this morning to look at the two lots that I had missed yesterday.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't make it myself. I had a couple things, but I decided to sit around here and waste time looking at stuff yeah. and re- recording podcast.
4: There you go. Well, I have plenty more work to do before my <laughs> flight tonight.
3: <laughs> well, tell people how to uh, get a hold of you, and uh, you buy. You don't just sell; you buy, right? Yeah. My website is
4: wlangs.com. Go www.wlangslangs.com, and my eBay store is Bills Bargain Stamps. Uh, you can there's links to the eBay store on the on the website, and feel free to bid your bargain price. Thank you very much. Yeah. Quite welcome. Oh, and always send your stamps into PSC for certification.
5: <laughs> thank you. You're
0: welcome. We would like to thank the following for information used in this podcast. Wikipedia, The Sescal Stamp Show, Lynn Stamp News, and Animal Planet for their great TV show on duck stamps.
1: And for a great book on, uh, about duck stamps, you can look for The Duck Stamp Story by Eric J. Dolan and Bob Dumain. It's about the art, conservation, and history behind the duck stamp.
3: Oh, I didn't say that was by Bob. Uh, shout out to Bob Dumain.
0: Thank you for joining us for Episode 96. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Don. You can reach us with your questions or comments at StampshowHereToday at gmail.com, Twitter at StampshowHT, or leave a message on our Google Voice number 1949-873-4298. You can also check out our website at StampshowHereToday.com, or follow us on Facebook or watch us on YouTube. And as always, keep collecting.
5: This episode of stamp show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about reapers regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at com today.
2: Hi, this is Bob Prager with Gary Poser Incorporated, and we're in Long Island, New York, in New Jersey, and our philosophy at Gary Poser Incorporated is this. We would rather pay very fair prices on 9 out of 10 collections that we look at versus trying to just... Or for very low prices on one out of two and making a big score. That's never our philosophy. So if you want to be treated fairly, please give us a call anytime at 800 323 4279. And again, my name is Bob Prager. We turn to
0: send up.